3: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Ritz Radio Presents, I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents, I'm Awake, and... I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and today, you know, we're going to be dealing with, uh, uh, we're excited to be partnering with Little Moments Count to host uh, conversations focused on early childhood and development and very interesting uh, things happening all over Turtle Island, and uh, we'll be welcoming uh, our monthly guests here to talk about how they view the role of early childhood development in creating bright futures and strong communities, so really excited uh, today, to have that show. Uh we've been partnering with them for a couple months here and it's really been um well, you know, it's been awesome. I like using that word awesome too. Almost to uh to uh a, a sickening uh, way. Oh wow. Hey for more information uh, you can visit a uh, little moments uh dot org little moments dot org and so again really excited today to have a couple guests on and we're going to be uh, quizzing them and talking about good things. And, and there, there it is. Oguma popped it up there. Um, We got a couple people that'll be joining us here and uh, we're going to have a good conversation. So I I don't know. Oguma, are you uh, available? I know that you're doing double duty. Yes. Yeah, I'm here. So hi everybody. (laughs)
2: Welcome to native roots radio presents. I'm awake. Um, And, our guests tonight are Tammy Wickstrom, the executive director of um, Design, and then uh, Babita Melissa Boyd, who's the deputy assistant in the chief, chief's executive office. And they're both uh, fr- working with the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. So really excited to hear about their early childhood education programs over there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then uh we uh talk about the news that you don't hear anywhere else here on Native Brits Radio and that's Ogama's jam right now. Um one thing I just gotta give a quick shout out to uh, Christy McVee who of uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh my childhood uh uh jam there, the Fleetwood Mac band. Uh she just passed and uh, put some tobacco out in uh, in a good way for for this uh person. So Oguma, do you have uh, uh, some news for us here that we can uh, send out over the smoke signals and uh smoke signal way here on the airwaves.
2: Absolutely. So uh, the president Biden is hosting the second tribal nation summit of his administration this week. And I do believe the first meeting of it was today. And uh, the exciting part about that is that there was uh, a representative from the Mille Lacs band of Ojibwe uh, who joined there as well. Uh, so Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe here in Minnesota um, is one of the larger and uh, more well-known tribes. And I do believe it was the um, Chief Executive uh, Benjamin who was there. Chief Executive Melanie Benjamin was there and served as a panelist on the language revitalization with the um, with uh, Interior Secretary Secretary Deb Haaland today. So um, this White House Tribal Nations Summit um, has a lot of things that they kind of want to um, c- get completed. Um, President Biden has prioritized relationships with the tribal nations and uh, there is hoping to build on respect for tribal sovereignty and self governance. Uh, the tribal con- consultation and input uh, they hope was going to produce some lasting changes and help impact lives of tribal leaders and citizens for generations to come. Um, the president is expected to sign a new memorandum establishing uniform standards to be implemented across all federal agencies regarding on h- how tribal consultations are conducted. These Standards uh, are obviously in response to input received from tribal nations regarding tribal consultation and would ensure more consistency in how agencies initiate, provide, notice for, uh, conduct, record, and report on tribal consultations. And the presidential memorandum is also going to require annual training regarding tribal consultation for federal employees who work with tribal nations or on policies that have tribal implications, it doesn't specifically say on the WhiteHouse.gov website what tribal consultations are are to be included in this uniform standards memorandum. But I'm really hoping that environmental uh, uh, environmental uh, prop excuse me, environmental projects are going to be included into this. Um, Robert, we know that in the case of Dakota Access or DAPL, in the case of Line 3, and now as we come into cases with uh, Line 5, both in uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, that tribal consultation has been something that is brought up in these cases against these companies um, completing these massive projects over and over again, right, Robert?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um we gotta be uh at the table and I think, you know, just uh having that out there that we are and I know um uh we need to in a good way uh be out there and uh speaking our needs because uh as it's been said on this show, we uh where our lands are we have seventy percent of uh the natural resources out there, whether it's uh gas or whatever. So um we need to be consulted, Ogama.
2: Absolutely. Um, Also on the agenda for this is implementing tribal co-management and co-stewardship of federal lands and waters. And uh, the Presidents or the biden administration has uh, recognized the importance of increasing tribal participation and management and in, in management and stewardship of federal lands and waters so um, they are working on um, working writing some co stewardship agreements with tribal nations and uh, they were delivered on this commitment in total um, in 2022 in early 2022 and i believe there's about 60 additional agreements that are under various stages of review they're also Talking about best practices uh, report for tribal treaty and reserved rights. Um, So, 17 federal agencies coordinated with the White House Council on Native American Affairs, and they're releasing a new best practices report to integrate tribal treaty and reserved rights into agency decision decision making processes. Things that we have been asking for for a long time. And there's also going to be, in addition to that presidential memorandum, on Uniform standards for tribal consultation. There's also going to be new tribal consultation policies that um, are expected to be included. And much of this was talked about today. And I do believe that the um, day one is today. And I do believe there is a two day summit. Um, I think they have one tomorrow. um, I can't really find any confirmation on how long it lasts, but this is the second one in 2022 or or excuse me, the second one since um, Biden has come into office. And this is really um, exciting to see the Biden administration from such a high office and at the federal level taking an interest in Native American affairs. Um, Robert, I have some local news if we have just a quick minute here. Did you hear what uh, McGeezy was up to?
1: No, hey, give it to us. We got a minute left.
2: Yeah, McGeezy is a nonprofit, um, and they are focused on development and education, continuing education for Native youth in the Twin Cities. And uh, they worked on restoring and honoring sacred land at the Bruce Vento Nature Sacre- Secretary, also known as the Wakan TP Center site. Uh, so right. they laid down seeds of different Native prairie grasses to bring life um, into that area um, last week. And then they hope to really work to keep those places sacred. So um, CBS did a really great uh, video on what happened there and uh, the lower failing Creek project and the uh, future home of the Wacom TP project. Uh, also really great things for uh, people to uh, take a, take a look around and get involved in as well as a uh, McGeezy communications. So if you're in the twin cities area, make sure you uh, take some time to support those as well.
1: Awesome. Uh, good words there, Ogama. And uh Hey, just give a shout out to everyone to what we got upcoming next here.
2: Absolutely. Up next, we have Little Moments Count, and we are going to be with uh, Babata Melissa Boyd and Tammy Wickstrom from uh, Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe Early Head Start.
1: Right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Present I'm Awake, and we'll be back after this short break. And again, Pini Gigi Ogama for the news and updates. Uh, really well done and well uh, very much needed we'll be right back after this short break uh, stay with us
4: Miami,
3: be
4: Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot.
2: This portion of Native Roots Radio is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focused on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of life. Nearly 80% of brain go- growth happens in the first 1,000 days, and small moments of interaction like talking, playing, reading, and singing help create the pathways that br- build a child's brain in this early stage of life. For more information on how to help the little ones in your life, you can visit littlemomentscount.org.
1: Hey, awesome, Oguma. Uh Great to have you ladies on. I'd like you to introduce yourselves, and I'm going to go... Uh, with, uh, I'm going to go with Tammy first, uh, Tammy, please introduce yourself. You are on mute and I have the coffee mug right here to show you that you are on mute. <laughs> Thank
5: <It's-> you. Miigwetch. <laughs> so, uh, I'm Tammy Wickstrom. I'm the executive director at Anjiba Matazeng, which is a service department at the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. And it does many, many things including tribal TANF, workforce development, jobs placement and training, and child care assistance. And I am the former, uh, was the former director at Mille Lacs Early Education for many years and ran their Head Start, Early Head Start in child care.
1: Well, welcome, welcome. And then uh, I don't want to butcher your name, so do you mind uh, saying your name, Ms. Boyd? Oh, you're on mute too. Hey, yeah. I can see your lips moving. This is a. I'll tell a few jokes while uh, you get unmuted there.
0: Oh. I don't know how to unmute it.
1: Well, you are unmuted now. You just got unmuted. So, hey, welcome.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Um My name is Bobby Tao, and uh, my full name is Bobby Tao Gijigukwe, but I try to be easy on people, and I go by Bobby Tao. Um, hey. Yeah. Formerly Melissa. Um, all of my childhood friends, um, and family call me Melissa. Um, hard habit to break that English. Um, anyhow, I currently serve as the deputy assistant for chief executive Benjamin, um, who is the, um, head of the executive branch department within the Mille Lacs tribal government. Um, located here in central Minnesota, um, right next to the big lake. And, um, I am, uh, I currently serve and support the chief executive's office. Um, I've ser- served in advisory positions um, on language revitalization. And I am, um, in a former life, I was an Ojibwe language immersion teacher for close to six years. And I worked closely with Tammy um, to, uh, to execute Ojibwe language immersion for preschool. So um, uh, Ojibwe language student teacher and now administrator miigwech for having us
1: yeah exciting and uh we've been talking about this and we talk about this but it sounds like you know we really want to want to touch heavy on this is that how important and why is it so important that our our little ones learn our language um i know i've talked uh about you know i have some uh godchildren that are uh, mexican and and when they were little, they didn't talk for a long time. So there were all these uh, these neurons and things shooting out there. That um, all of a sudden, when they started talking, they could speak both Spanish and English, and it was it blew my mind.
5: Mm-hmm. Babita, do you want to answer that first?
0: Um, I'll let you go for the 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 speech side, and then I'll hit it with the immersion part. Oh, ah.
5: yeah. And I think that you hit on some of it with the neuron development. We know a lot about uh, brain development now that we didn't used to know even like 25 years ago when I had kids. But we know that that first three years in particular is the most critical for children. And the more things you do with them, um, and that includes language and touching and physical activities, but the more things that children are exposed to, the more neurons they build or those pathways in their brain. And it's easier for little kids to learn language. And just like your example with your with your little children in your life, they have learned that language so much easier. And now as an adult, when I'm trying to learn Ojibwe, it's extremely difficult for me because all my pathways are geared towards English, right? So we want to be able to expose children when they're young, while their brain has that kind of elasticity or that, that kind of ability to learn and adapt and shape more than we can as an adults and are kind of fixed in our way.
1: You know, one thing that I've learned, too, and you talk about uh, things that you've learned in the past 25 years. One of the things that I've learned, especially during uh, these past few months uh, talking to you guys, is that, you know, we think of fetal alcoholism um, syndrome as like oh my gosh this person is really you know not going to be too successful in their life but we found in the last few years that in the in what you're talking about language and things there's different there's different um different ways to teach these young ones and it really helps them out and it's not like as fatal i I, I can't come up with any other word but it's not as fatal as it once was
5: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, too, it hits on there are multiple different ways of learning. And even, you know, back in the day, if your child had Down syndrome, they would say, oh, they can't learn anything. And now we see so many people with Down syndrome being incredibly successful, working, you know, completing high school. And so I think that just focusing on those early years is critically important and providing all kids a super rich language experience and a super rich cultural experience is really critical.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and doing the, the language and at the same time you're teaching culture, um, is so important. Um, and I'm just really happy. I mean, I'm 62 and I didn't have this experience and I'm just so happy our little ones are, I was, a am a former high school teacher and, um, I'm really happy for our next generation coming up behind us. Um and they're really excited and they have a lot of opportunity uh to do this.
3: Yeah.
5: I
0: agree.
1: <laughs> so so if, <laughs> go ahead.
0: If I could interject um Absolutely. to add to that um you know as humans we're we're programmed um to you know con- we're programmed for connection and we're programmed for affection. And communication naturally. And so, um, what I wanted to say, especially about this, this idea of, um, interventive behaviors or think, or like intentional behaviors and, and things that are gonna help set people up, whether it's language or whether it's like, um, res- resetting and supporting folks with any kinds of debil- debilitating cognitive deficits, like you mentioned, fetal alcohol syndrome. When people believe that interventive practices work, they interact differently with the people that are like the target audience. Right. So like, like Tammy had mentioned that, you know, we know things now that we would have never been able to implement or under understand and then implement and, and change how we may be parented or change anything about how we interacted with our children, you know, that, that far back. Um, the, I wanted to mention something about the um, yeah. So the, the, the language, hearing more than one language for children, it is not a, a new thing for children to be multilingual. And it's a very common thing. In, um I would say on the African continent, in Europe, it's very um, it's a very normal thing for people to have like a, a national language and then other languages um, uh, in order to in order to in order to function um you know uh there's a lot of business being done done amongst different countries and so um uh on a call today i just heard you know and it really stuck with me that um the united states is notoriously a monolingual you know country and so it's been a it's been um there's a couple of things like you know later on in the conversation that i like to mention about how um how intervention and supporting language revitalization revitalization efforts are not just about implementation in preschool or implementation um in a tribal setting, but also just there's a lot of work that's being that's that's being done with external you know um American programs and partners and then also internal tribal partners
1: wow that that's a really good point and uh you know it's it's easy for us and the way I've been taught because again you know the colonized way is that we're we're above it all and you should learn english and and this is the language and come and assimilate and um you know that's really a great 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 thing to to bring up is that that's not the way other countries uh, uh do it
0: Mm-mm. can i add to that um there's this um this mist there's this mystifying um you know thing that comes with language so so there's this um, belief that has been like, we've been indoctrinated with this belief that Anishinaabe knowledge and wisdom is not valid. And that's because the um, success measures are all measured in English and they're all measured monetarily and they're all measured with expansion and growth. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that, um, I think that the, 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 the disheartening piece is that we've been convinced that our our language is not valid therefore the cultural practices and our relationships with the natural world are then not valid and so we're raised um generationally with a belief that that's that's how things are and i think that um language learning is much much more than just being able to um, express something in a different uh, language other than english
1: hey i'm gonna stop you right there this is a really great conversation we're having here and we're talking you know about our little ones and language, and how how things can really expand and, and make our our little ones uh, minds grow. And so I, I'm really uh, excited. We are talking with a couple of real doers out here. So I just want to uh, say, take a quick break here, and uh, you're listening to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. <laughs> Hi, this is Robert Pilot here telling you about Minnesota Native American art. Did you know that Twin Cities is known for Native art? Well, if you're not familiar, then check out All My Relations Arts. It's a program that seeks to increase the visibility and value of these incredibly talented American Indian artists in all forms of art while honoring the history and the presence of indigenous cultures. And right now, All My Relations Arts is showcasing Rosie Seamus Dance, She Who Lives on the Road to War. This is an immersive installation dance performance created by Rosie Seamus in response to global loss and the collective need to come together in peace and reconciliation. She Who Lives on the Road to War is a place for visitors to rest, grieve, console, and meditate. Performances will take place through mid-December. Find the performance schedule at allmyrelationsarts.com. I love all the indigenous art here in the Twin Cities, and I hope you can enjoy it, too. allmyrelationsarts.com.
2: As we head towards colder weather, it's important to make sure you're up-to-date on vaccinations and protected from COVID-19. The Native American Community Clinic is now administering the updated Pfizer bivalent booster. The updated bivalent booster helps protect against the original COVID-19 strain and against newer Omicron variants. And it will help restore protection that has decreased since previous vaccinations. People age 5 and older are now recommended to get an updated bivalent booster dose at least two months after their last COVID-19 shot. That means the bivalent booster may be given after a person's primary series or after their last booster shot, regardless of what brand you received before. Even if you've already had COVID-19, you should get vaccinated. Right now, at the Native American Community Clinic, you can get COVID-19 vaccines, including updated boosters, at the same visit as other vaccines. However, if you've received a recent monkeypox vaccine, you may need to wait four weeks before you can get a COVID-19 vaccine, and you should discuss this with your provider. Schedule your vaccination appointment with the Native American Community Clinic by calling 612-872-8086.
4: Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal.
3: Hello, Minnesota. This is Tom Hartman, and you can
2: catch me every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's smart radio for smart people. Now, more than ever, we are being faced daily with a topic of human mortality. And for many people, estate planning has been top of mind. Getting your estate planning done now can be easy and cost effective. Schroeman Law offers virtual options for initial consultations so that new clients can safely initiate the process. With many facing uncertain financial situations, Schroeman Law also offers affordable fees for legal documents. Learn more at schroemanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com.
1: Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067, or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 8. Thursday, partly cloudy with a high near 32, and Friday cloudy with a high around 40. The holidays are here, and when you're out shopping, make sure you check out one of the great AM950 advertisers. Most are locally owned and operated, and some offer gift cards and certificates, which make great gift ideas for that tough-to-buy-for person. Find a full list of all of our advertisers at am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com.
4: You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot.
2: Native Fritz Radio is excited to be partnering with Little Moments Count to host conversations focused on early childhood development. So we have guests here tonight uh, from the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe talking about uh, early childhood guests and we'll be, or excuse me, about early childhood projects that they have going, uh, especially with language development for Ojibwe. And we'll be welcoming monthly guests to talk about how they view the role of early education development in creating bright futures and strong communities.
1: Hey, thank you, Ogama. Hey, we are on the Civic Media Network, which is all over Turtle Island, and I want to ask or ask you to tell us about uh, the Malak's Band Ojibwe. We have a lot of people all over the country listening to us, and they're not as cool as I am that know about these Minnesota tribes. Even though I'm Ho Chunk, and you know we're the Sacred Voice. Uh, so, Tammy, can you talk a little bit about that, or both you guys talk about the uh, what? Who are you guys? <laughs>
5: Uh, well, I think Bob B. tells probably a better person to answer, but it the Mille Lacs Band is an Ojibwe tribe, one of seven, I hope I'm getting it right, yes, yeah, seven in the state of Minnesota. And um, it's located in central Minnesota on a checkerboard reservation, which means the land, you know, the reservation lands all spread out. And for an example, for early childhood, there are three sites that they provide early childhood in, in, in District 1 at the main the main area near Onamia, out near McGregor, and then farther out, way close to the Wisconsin border um, in Aja So, and then again, Anji Bamadazing provides services all over too. So I think that there are around 4,500 band members. Um, I don't have the breakdown of how many live in the state, but most of them live in the state of Minnesota, and then some, of course, all over. And I'll just let Bobby tell fill out any other information.
0: I'll, I'll add to that. Uh, we are located on the southwest, um, our main district is located on the southwest side of the Mille Lacs Lake, located in central Minnesota. And um, like Tammy mentioned, we have um, other communities, other districts um, that um, at, a, at a certain point when reservations were being established, um, there were a number of different bands that aggregated to, to create the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. And so, um, when our re- reservation was established, that is, um, what happened. I won't go into the, the whole history of that, but, um, <laughs> um that's uh, who we are. We are, um, I'll just say that we're, um, recognized, I would say nationally and without tooting any horns, um, to be, um, to be leaders in self-governance when that became a thing. Um, uh, uh, we are, big on diplomacy. We're big on, um, you know, being a part of a national conversations to support the well-being of not only Ojibwe people, but Anishinaabe people across the country. Um, so that that's who we are. Um, we are part, a, a part of the Minnesota Chippewa tribe, which, um, which is, uh, the six constituent bands, um, not counting Red Lake. Um, and, uh, I
1: think that's who we are, Ojibwe Anishinaabe people. That's a good one. I just found out, um, and uh, I have to always bite my tongue, but I found out uh, just a a couple months ago that I have some Ojibwe blood too. And uh, that's, yeah, easy, (laughs) easy. The (laughs) lieutenant governor really loved it when I told her that. It's just like, hey, 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 easy. I think I do. Maybe I, I knew there was
0: something I liked about you. <laughs> that's what. <she> said
1: too. <laughs> hey, that's uh, so. You guys are doing exciting work with uh, the the MLAX band, and um, so we talked a little bit what the childhood education looks like. But that's can we dig a little deeper into that? Uh, what what uh, you know? We're talking generally about language, about people. What is what are you exactly? Let's dig a little deeper in that. What are you exactly doing? Um, about childhood education up there
0: can i start that off tammy sure <laughs> man i have a really i have a great one so so tammy tammy i like to i like to honk her horn uh she is our resident head start expert and and she's been a part of understanding head start how it works and how to implement it um and and it really is um highly knowledgeable in all the Mille Lacs Band governance processes that helps move things forward um, that we're that we're building within the Head Start um, framework. Right. So um, I'll, I'll just say that prior to um, joining and creating um, um, an immersion setting within the Head Start um, in the early childhood center that that, Tammy oversaw and developed. Um, I was in a master apprentice program and I was paired up with fluent speakers part of the week. And I, and I just, I came to Tammy and I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to try to figure this out. So I was plugged into a preschool classroom where I just, I witnessed and I was exposed to, you know, lead teachers and assistant teachers supporting children um, with all types of, you know, very basic behaviors and trying to like show them age appropriate, um, uh, uh, age appropriate experiences and then trying to get them to hit certain benchmarks, right. Get them ready for kindergarten. Like that's the goal and to also be a supportive buffer for anything they might be experiencing outside that we don't really have control over. Um, So with that, I I really wasn't the best student. I didn't know how to be like a great language student. I I struggled, I guess you could say with the idea of like believing in fluency because that's something that has, has zero, has not happened. Like in, in my generation, we have one or two, three fluent speakers or proficient speakers of the language that are, that are younger than like um, in their fifties or sixties. Right. So, um, so struggling with that, but being exposed to the classroom over time, we were ready to move into like an immersion space. Once we like really got um, uh, kind of co- more confident. Um, and so with the um, su- support of Tammy and um, the, the, and the fruition of a, of a whole early childhood child's Early childhood center that was um, renovated and expanded from six classrooms to 17 classrooms. Um, we, I just ran with that and I tried to make sure that I had a space and, you know, I wanted to make sure that, um, that little Anishinaabe children knew and understood and were exposed to fluent speakers, um, because we have the recipe, right? We have all of the, the components. We have fluent speakers. We have the facility. We have the self governance and, and self determination. We have, um, you know, I was a very passionate and still very passionate. And then we had a very supportive ally in Tammy. And with that, we were able to um, mobilize that immersion classroom. And, um, I can let Tammy talk a little bit more about that. But the early childhood piece, um, we've always had a really excellent program and, uh, and we, we made it even, even better by offering, um, you know, Jibwe language immersion experience for preschoolers.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, Tammy. Th-
5: Yeah, I think what it takes sometimes is just saying yes. So Bobito came to me and she's like, I want to do immersion. And um, I didn't even really know her that well. And I was like, okay, I think we could do it. And really, we went into it knowing nothing about immersion. So I just want to say that straight off the bat. We like (laughs) basically knew almost nothing. And so we had some bumps and bruises along the way. But I think it was still successful. And uh, Bobito was learning language as she was teaching it to the kids. She's a great fluent speaker now, much more than she was then. So it's sometimes a learning curve for the teachers as it is with the kiddos. Um, and at that time we had four four grandmas who worked with our program and they would come in every, well, Monday through Thursday and they would be available so that Bob Eitel could ask questions and they would go to visit other Head Start classrooms and they would go into the immersion classroom. And those grandmas were just like a really great resource for the whole program. Um, you know, when people had cultural questions, then some, we, someone would go ask the grandmas. Typically it was me or Bobito, you know, someone would go ask the grandmas those that question. But I think building some of those resources into your programs is a great way to start language and culture. Like having having the grandmas, having Bobito, and sometimes just saying yes to things even when you're not really sure how they work and just trying to figure it out as you go along.
1: Wow, that's exciting. Bobito, uh, do, you, do you feel like I've heard uh, as an adult here, and I'm just shifting gears here, uh, one way too to learn our language is, is replace it, whether it's once a week or once a day, learn what that word means and then d- never use it again in English. I mean, uh, have you heard anything like that?
0: Yes. And, um, and I've also been supported when I was in my early stages and not, um, not knowing how to like put words and phrases together or memorize things that, um, you know the the words that we use most frequently throughout the day, especially as parents, like put your shoes on, put your food away, you know, put wash your wash your hands, brush your teeth, things that we're gonna say repeatedly to children. Um, those are the things that are things you want to learn first. And so once you have those down, your body, um, your your body, your mind, your palate, everything connects, so that those things start coming out more effortlessly. And then um and then as you are able to have like main commands down um you can you can make you know you can, you can manipulate it and make it what you need to make it um so that you can add color to what you're what you're trying to express mhm
1: wow that's a really really good point uh wow i i like that and especially if you're talking to little ones that are that are learning this language it's so important and i uh, you know we have a lot of people uh commenting and it's just awesome about i i see Nina has said uh, even if kids understand the language, they hear it all the time. They can't always speak it, but they hear it. And I know that's that's the first step, isn't it?
4: Okay.
0: I'll let Tammy comment on that, but it's a natural progression for language um, learning. Speech development is to have receptive language before you have productive language. Um, oh. So that's completely normal. And that's why you're going to find a lot of adult Anishinaabe people that say, and this is a common thing, Um, I can understand it. I can understand a lot of it, but I can't speak it. And that's, there's a belief there that, that there's, I'll say there's an intergenerational trauma thing that happens about like Mm -hmm. not being able to speak it, right? That's kind of something that's unspoken and, and doesn't, we don't really go there often. But also there's that part where Yeah, you understand it because you watched and witnessed language and you watched and witnessed people behave in the language and and function in the language. So, you know exactly what was happening. Similar to a toddler, when you tell a toddler to do something at two years old and then they don't do it and they laugh and they run away. They understood you. You know, they understood you. uh, I'll, I'll let Tammy speak more to the speech part if she has anything to comment.
1: Hey Tammy, why don't we uh hold out on that? We gotta take a quick break and then we'll we'll come back. But I'd love to, to jump into that a little more if you don't mind.
5: Sure, no problem.
1: Excellent. Wow, I got some powerhouse guests here, Ogama. Wow, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and we'll be back after this short break. Uh, please stay with us.
4: Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. MNsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through MNsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's mnsure.org. mnsure.org. Hey,
1: Wendy, what are we doing for dinner after the show?
3: How about we go to J. Selby's on 169 Victoria Street in St. Paul? They have a delicious plant-based menu that's compassionate and environmentally sustainable.
1: I'm getting their spot-on vegan Big Mac, the dirty
3: secret. You can pick up and they deliver within a five-mile radius, or you can call them at 651-222-3263 or visit jselbys.com.
1: Well, you sold me one. Let's go order at J. Selby's tonight.
3: I'm hungry. This is Winona Duke of Honor the
1: Earth, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
2: This portion of the show is brought to you by Minsure. If you need health insurance and you don't know where to start, Minsure has free expert help that will walk you through your options and find a plan that saves you money. And this portion of the show is also brought to you by Howling for Wolves, Protecting Wolves for Future Generations.
1: Being in the Eagle Clan that was hard to do but uh a great <laughs> sponsor and uh just want to say a who hey we only got a few minutes left and this has just been uh really a lear- big learning experience for me I'm with Tammy uh Wickstrom and uh also uh I got to work on your name Boba J- Bobby Bobito
0: yeah
1: Bobito wow oh, darn so close hey uh I want to ask you uh, what do you do you have any advice for the educating uh end of this uh childhood educators for teaching native children? And I think that's really really kind of a uh, we have a lot of allies white allies listening to the show all over Turtle Island and I think uh, that's a really uh I didn't come up with that question but that's a really good question.
5: <laughs> mhm. Um so I, can I answer first, Bobita? are you okay?
1: Absolutely. But,
5: yeah, I think that a lot of things that you can do, again, is go back to the just say yes. But I also think that you have to also educate teachers. Just like I said, Bobita was learning as she learned with her students. You can't expect your teachers to teach about Ojibwe language or culture if they don't know anything about it. and And they could be Ojibwe and not know anything about it because some people weren't raised that way, right? And so we need to put that into like even professional development. And we need to make it a goal. We used to have a goal, which is really kind of a small goal, but we had a goal for our staff to learn 10 Ojibwe words every year, which is super small, you know, in a language. But that was like a continuing ongoing goal is like every year you just add to your language. And I think that could be a goal for teachers in, you know, tribal Head Start all across the country is You know, I'm going to learn more myself. I'm going to add words to my vocabulary. I'm going to learn those common phrases like, um, Bobby talked about, like, um, you know, sit down, let's eat, um, you know, line up for the door, like all those things that you might need and learn them. And another thing that we did, we have fallen away, but we need to start doing again is label stuff, you know, label the chair with the Ojibwe word, label the door with the Ojibwe word, um. And ask the parents what their children's Ojibwe name is, and Mm -hmm. that they can use their Ojibwe name instead of their English or or white name or whatever, you know, so that you could use that if that's what the parents would like. And then another thing we did, um, I'm going to say that Bobito headed that, but we held a big mass naming ceremony one time at early ed for a bunch of the families whose kids didn't have a naming uh, Ojibwe name. So, you know, there's lots of little things that you can do to support it. And I'll let
0: Bobby, tell add into that. <clears throat> so to, to, to comment just on the naming, um, it was not anything that was like thrown together or like, um, you know, uh, Dave Binnock. Right. So but it was something that the fluent speaker at namer was able to make themselves available for the whole day and so we had families come in bring their own food bring their tobacco bring their kids and then Beijing like one at a time they um we just look we were there for like 15 hours trying to get them all through and i think we did like 40 kids one year and we like and adults came you know like parents and grandparents even came to get named who missed out on that for for whatever reasons um but going back to like um what would you say to education professionals at this point? And I to get to like open the floodgate is um is like Tammy said, just say yes. Find a way to say yes. Huh. Find a way to say yes. And um, uh, there aren't any restrictions on on federal funds as far as like Head Start and early Head Start. The the Head Start performance standards allow for, um, mon- for immersion, for Ojibwe language support, for, or for um, Anishinaabe language revitalization support in the classroom. And, um, and, and think about what kinds of policy changes you can make, what kind of legislation changes you can make within your own tribal government to support your own language revitalization efforts instead of relying on this, like, Guardian ward relationship that we have with the federal government to make sure that they're providing for us. We need to provide for ourselves first and we need to take initiative first as a people. That would be one thing. When it comes to like individual support for a teacher, it would be like if I was talking to an administrator, I would say, please make sure that there's time for them to study. Please make sure that there's time for them to to decompress because to think in another language that you don't fully know is so challenging. And to try to express that to children who don't understand, that's a whole other challenge because preschoolers are a challenge and it takes a special person to work in preschool as it is in English in a language that the children understand already. So um, so I would say uh, opportunities and support for any professional development, both second language acquisition and um, any work that they can have with fluent speakers in their community to make that, make that happen because – um, language death is a real thing. And I know that there may be people listening who do not have living fluent speakers anymore. And my heart goes out to them. Um, the people who have fluent speakers living right now need to take advantage, uh, need to take advantage of that. Because if we don't have language maintenance where we're making as many fluent speakers as we are that are passing, then we are going to experience this place where we don't have any fluent speakers left for those of us who do at this point. So, um, and that's where the real hard work starts. One of my mentors told me, McGizzy, um, he told me like that's when it that's when it's gonna get hard, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I would say that, like find a way to say yes, find a way to champion it, support your support it. And no matter how challenging it is, it is fundamentally right to teach Anishinaabe children the language that is intended for them. It's for their spirit. It's mm-hmm. for their ritual, religious rituals, even if they're not familiar with them. Their spirit knows, right? And mm-hmm. and and so that's what I would um to to and to not believe that our language is not valid, our knowledge is not valid. To know that we can be smart and um, intellectual Anishinaabe people in more than one language.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, Bobby T. That that's uh, Tao, That's uh, awesome. I. I, what really hit me, too, what you both were talking about, is the community uh, the community involvement, um, to have a naming ceremony, to have the community in there. And I'm sure there was, there was food and laughter and, and things that make it in a good way that really, really makes our hearts sore. And I know um, I had a relative who found out uh, that they're a relative and went to a powwow, and um, she started crying when she heard the drum. And just to experience that secondhand and watching somebody that's spirit hits deep, I just have to uh, just agree a hundred percent with what you just said there about, you know, it's, it's our right, you know, to know these things.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I to make one more comment before we wrap up for those individuals that may be education professionals and are maybe have some skeptical like feelings about whether it's going to be or whatever whatever whether it's going to make the children ready for kindergarten or ready for first grade there, there's lots of research out there that shows that children after five or six years of immersion from preschool to say first, second and third grade that they are as uh, they perform as good and better oftentimes than their mainstream educated peers. And the reason for that is that you have multiple things happening when you're learning more than one language in the brain. It really is a strengthening thing, even though we talked earlier about there's a lot of silence at first because they are really trying to figure it out. They are trying to figure out that, like, if you're hearing two different languages and your brain doesn't know what's going on, it's going to take some time and it will happen. It's proven to happen. There's yeah. research on it. Um, so those people who may be skeptical about it, please do your, do your work, do the work that the good work, um, of believing in what you were given as a, as a people, um, that, that is what that's at the end of the, at the, end of the day. That's what we rely on. You know? Um,
1: wow. I, yeah. Yeah. There it is. Tammy, uh, we only got a minute left. Do you have any uh, last thoughts? Thank you. Uh, that's, <laughs> uh, that was an amazing statement by the way. I'm kind of, I'm kind of uh, a little emotional about that. Thank you. And Tammy, mm-hmm. uh, you have
5: I, I just want to say that if you are looking for support in Ojibwe or you want to learn Ojibwe, I'm just going to throw this out there that Anjiba and the Malax Band of Ojibwe with the support of the tribe has developed Ojibwe for Rosetta Stone and the first level is out and you can sign up for it. And if you are, um, enrolled in a federal tribe or a First Nations Canada individual, it's only $25 to access the program, which is very minimal. So, And and it's available for anyone. Anybody can purchase it, and that's at org. I think Bob tell put it in the chat. But I, I just want to say that that's a great tool. We just launched it this year. We've only had it out maybe eight that's- or nine months, something like that. And so, you know, I think that's another way is if you're really interested in teaching language to little kids, start trying to learn it yourself.
1: Perfect. Thank you. And we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much for uh, stopping in and being a great guest. Thank you so much.
5: Miigwech. Miigwech.